Hi, this is Lady C. Hey, this is JT. And we want to welcome you to The Critical Thought. Now, the upcoming interview with Keith Underwood is interesting because he just found us on Facebook. We want to welcome you to the program. Thank you. Hi. Hi, guys. Hi. Thank you for coming on. And what we would like you to do, first off, before we get started with anything, can you just tell our listening audience how you found us online? You're listening to The Critical Thought, where we challenge our listeners to use critical thinking when examining the teachings of Jehovah's Witnesses. I was, uh, <laughs> y'all remember that song from the old song, uh, songbook, uh, uh, Life Without End at Last, for whatever reason, I was like, I wonder if I could find JW old lyrics online. Don't ask me why. I'm not about it like that. I just wanted to hear that song or see that song. Okay. For whatever reason, I put in, I put in JW lyrics and XJW critical thinker came up and I'm like, hmm, I consider myself a bit of a critical thinker. And re- just random enough, I uh, had a recent talk with uh, my my still remaining Jehovah Witness family where they said I was a critical thinker. So I thought this might fix. So I clicked on it and uh, started, uh, went from the page to the YouTube and uh, started watching videos. And I watched the second video. Next thing you know, I'm binging videos and I just had to reach out. Wow. Now that is interesting. So you were looking for some song, uh, uh, the the lyrics to a song, Life Without End at Last? <laughs> I'm sure I got a favorite, but like, I don't know. I don't know if it's the doo-wop or whatever, or the, the nice painted image of whatever. I just, I was like, can you, I can see it right now. I think I can see it, but you know, anyway, it led me to a better place. Oh my God. Now, now that, now see, that's funny. And, and you said that you had not ever searched for Jehovah's Witnesses online after, you know, to this, I to mean, this point. I mean, like, okay. like, Growing up, it was JW.org or nothing. And um, I'm long since past looking at some JW.org. So, like, other than that, JW didn't hit my keyboard, you know? Okay, wow. What was your reaction when you found our channel and everything and you started watching our videos? What kind of reaction did you have based on the kind of information you were receiving from our channel? All right, all right. So, first and foremost, um, I'm a mixed kid. My dad's black, my mom's white. Um, you guys remind, <laughs> we should have talked about this beforehand. You guys remind me of a family I got. Like it's, it's the vibes energy. I could feel the old school coming off. Okay. Like I could feel it and it was home. So I'm going to see lady, lady C doing her thing. I see JT doing this thing. I'm seeing the suits and stuff like that. I'm like, all right, let me see, let's see what they have to say. <clears throat> I click on the videos. And um, some of the videos that stand out in my head is I listen to the one with fifth. I listened to the one with, um, she's a performing arts dancer. And that's kind of the world I find myself in right now is, uh, is festivals and music and arts and whatnot. Um, on my side job, uh, primarily I do work for the power company, keeping the trees back from the power lines, making sure, you know, the power stays on light sale. As I'm going through the videos and I'm listening to the different people's, uh, uh, life experiences, I am, Finding myself emotionally between this place of nostalgia, and I don't mean a happy one, but like this reminiscing over like, oh my gosh, because the only people I've ever really been able to talk to about this are my siblings. Um, I have a lot of friends that appreciate and understand that I had a different upbringing, Mm -hmm. but there's very few. And the way we were brought up in this thing, it's almost impossible. It's like a mental block to connect with other ex-witnesses, especially on that as the topic. Um, With that being the case, uh, watching these videos just, like I said, you know, I, I happy, I'm I'm crying. Um, I'm literally like just listening to these people pour their hearts and put their stories on the line and it moved me. And um, I just had to reach out. Wow, that's yeah, amazing. it's it's, yeah. it's an emotional roller coaster because you start thinking about your own life as you hear people tell stories, and you're saying to yourself, "I don't even know these people, I've never seen these people," and yet one of the most intimate and one of the most painful uh, aspect of a person's life, somebody's telling the story just like you went through, it. and so you you think of yourself, "I you know 
this is this is this is something else. I mean, how does this person know exactly what I'm thinking and what I'm going through? And of course, like we always tell people, you know, we all fed from the same trough, you know, and so all ate that slop. All ate that slop. Well, Keith, let me ask you a question, man. Um, how how for you, how did it begin? What what did you consider yourself uh along your journey? What what was it like? Huh? Share with us what it was like. Well, I, I was born into into the witnesses, um, fourth generation. Um, it was basically my whole life. Uh, my family growing up, we weren't we weren't very active, but then we get into a part where we were more active growing up. That's kind of when a lot of the drama kind of started. But um, for the most part, I grew up in it. Um, I I wasn't always the best kid. I wasn't the best shining example, but I did my best to kind of uh, be the best witness I could be. Wow, you know that's 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 a that's a story that we hear so many times. People trying to do their best in this organization, and we know how it works. You know, you got to run faster, run faster, and all that kind of good stuff. But yeah. from your family, man, as you look at your family, what type of witness family would you describe it? Was it very active, or what they would call a pill in the congregation, or were you? What, what was it like? I got to say most of my upbringing, uh, my family was inactive, um, growing up, uh, even though like we weren't allowed to like stay the night over at like quote unquote, really kids houses. We couldn't go to birthday parties and stuff like this. Um, we couldn't really participate in school. I was in choir. I had to drop out of choir because they sang Christmas songs. Um, but right around high school, ninth, 10th grade, uh, because of a abuse incident with my family, we ended up moving to uh, moving out of town, and that's when things got more intense. My family went from being inactive to thinking they could fix all their problems by adopting a strict Jehovah Witness regimen, which uh, was not the answer to the problem. Yeah, that we 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 know that when the elders come visit, they always tell you if you want to fix your problems, you know, do more meetings, more field service. And that's, as you mentioned, is not oftentimes anything related, especially when you mentioned that there was some abuse in the family. Was the abuse addressed by the by the family or by the congregation that, that you could remember? Well, okay, so not to go too deep into it, but the abuse can take many forms. Um, Primarily, the abuse me and my family dealt with would have been the uh, physical, and I mean, just I would say mental, but more like, you know, defaming or like, you know, down, like down putting abuse from my father. He was a he was pretty rough guy to get along with. But also, there was sexual abuse in my family. Um, unfortunately, me and my brother were both victims of sexual abuse by an uncle. Um, and without going too deep into it, when the abuse happened, uh, we were all underage. I was around this age of six or seven. But when it came out into the family, the uncle was already over the age of 18. And because of the organizational structure of the witnesses and of course not to bring any shame to Jehovah. Um, these issues could not be addressed in any kind of way that um, true healing or true recompense uh, could be paid. Yeah, that's that. The, the, as we often say, the, the, the brand becomes more important than the individual and so many individuals like your stuff and others, they have to be the sacrificial lamb for the organization itself many times. Well, if I can just add one thing, it was just kind of weird growing up because you had these glaring examples of, uh, or I'm sorry, you had all these talks of what should be and how we're supposed to carry ourselves. But in the congregation, in my family, there was these glaring examples of what actually was. And then to see how the congregation reacted, like I just put like this, everybody says that they believe they're in a congregation of good people and all that stuff. But what kind of good people know that there's kids are getting, they're, they're getting beat. I mean, they see the scars, they see the bruises, they can, they can, you know, if it's happening to a woman, they see the woman, they can see obvious signs of abuse. And for the sake of Jehovah, we're just not going to tell anybody that this person's suffering or this person's being victimized. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, a very good point. Um, I mean, that, that, that little spare rod, uh, in the little, in the, I mean, I remember growing up that the second school was, you know, you heard the kids crying and I remember that and, and, and nobody saying that. In fact, most witnesses praise the people who took their kids back there. If someone had a Bible study and the Bible study took their little child back there. And they oh, was, yeah, I remember yeah. that. Oh, oh man. Bro, 
you have little sisters like girl, you got you, you like you like this little big kid be coming back and the more the more snotty they were, the more embarrassed the little kid was, the better accolades the parents got. I mean they did like, I understand and kids I like remember, that. I remember one um young lady <laughs> was talking about how she couldn't even halfway breathe during the meeting or she was gonna get a pinch and it was terrible how yeah. they did yeah. it. Heaven forbid you fell asleep. Yeah. Every day you fall asleep. Oh, don't, that fall was don't fall asleep. Oh, you. I'll tell you what. During the meeting break, while everybody else is singing, I'm gonna have you singing in that bathroom. You know what I mean? So like, yeah, it was it was like that. Yeah. It was like that. And 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 see, that's the kind of stuff that you know. It, I, I just we we just can't emphasize this enough. See, that's the kind of stuff that is part of the culture. That's not in no magazine. That's not gonna be on no talk in no school in no assembly. But that is part mm-hmm. of the culture. And so other parents see these people, yeah. how they handle their children. They just learn, well, this is what you're supposed to do. Because like you said, everybody gets a pat on the back for how they treated their child in the second mm-hmm. school. So it becomes part of the culture. It's acceptable. And yeah. the culture itself yeah. is abusive because when you think about it, think about how they have these children out through the week at the meetings and it's late at night. And these kids got to go to school the next day. And so we had a lady emailed us. I remember that for Memorial. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. But Memorial was the worst. Bro, you get home at like 12, 1 o'clock in the morning. I got to be up to school for like 7, man. Come on. I didn't get to eat nothing. I didn't get no bread, no emblems. Come on, man. I thought it was really interesting because there was an active Jehovah's Witness about four years ago or so that actually wrote us an email and said, can you do a video and talk about how bad it is that the watchtower would make these kids stay out late for meetings? And she was actually a witness, but she just felt like it should be addressed. It's almost like, well, I don't want to leave this reason, but somebody needs to tell these brothers that these kids don't need to be out late, you know, for meetings. I'm like saying you need to just get up out of there. Yeah. You know? I mean, I guess you fight the battle that's right in front of you. I yeah. guess if that's your only battle, you ain't doing too bad. Um, keep your kids <laughs> home, honey. You already know the answer to that question. Yeah. Yeah. And this is and this is, you know, this is just part of the, the, the Jehovah's Witness culture. Mm-hmm. That um, yeah. it just pre- and it permeates congregations all around the world, and that's what makes it so unique. This is not typically just something happening in one person's area. When you talk to witnesses around the world, this mm-hmm. is part of the worldwide culture of this religion. There's no question about that. Right. If I may, one thing that I know, like just quickly, that uh, growing up a witness kid, you were seen, you were not heard, um, and like you were saying. Uh, as a witness kid, you're held to the standard where you are expected to be an honorable model student, straight A student. You are supposed to be offered the honorships and the scholarships and whatnot, and you are supposed to turn them down in order to serve Jehovah because, you know, you just wasted all them years for nothing because uh, uh, you ain't about to do nothing with all that education, and all that intelligence. Yeah, that's yeah, that's that's <laughs> that is true. That 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 is that is. So I mean, it is. Yeah, that's pretty bad. Pretty okay. It is what it is. You know, Keith, could you share with the audience uh, an, an incident that happened that, that really just uh, gave you a, literally a cold slap in the face uh, about how this organization actually operates? All right. Uh, best thing is uh, being, a, being a witness team, um, our teen witness, uh, I uh, had some turmoil in my life. And it led me to a point where eventually... Uh, trying to get a fresh start. I ended up moving in with my grandmother um, and to get a fresh congregation in a place where nobody knew me. Um, but I had family there. And uh, part of my, one of my family members there was an elder in the congregation. So in moving in with my grandmother, uh, my father and uh, my uncle and I met and we went over all my past sins. In a way, we kind of had our own little elders meeting. And I know my uncle went and told the other elders because I was set up with a study with an elder. Um, I went through the whole process of trying to be the best. Like I, I mean, you guys, I was doing it. I was going out of service. I was getting, I was trying to do my best to get studies. I was an unbaptized publisher. I'm doing that whole thing. Right. Um, I'm doing this for, it's, it's somewhere between eight months and a year. Um, and I'm doing the thing. I'm working my little job up at the mall. 
one Thursday we go into the meeting and I remember walking in, I'm happy as heck, but I'm noticing I'm getting this weird off kind of energy from my family. Like, I'm just like, I, I'm like, Hey, what's up guys? And they're, uh, uh, uh. And I'm saying, Oh, I, Oh, what did I drop? I'm like, okay. You know, well, my study, the elder, uh, brother D, I just, you know who I'm talking about. He, he passed me on my shoulder. He's like, Hey, um, I need to talk to you in the bathroom real quick. All right. He puts me in the bathroom. And he explains to me how from my old congregation, um, there was a letter that had just somehow at some point was received. I'm going to guess within the last week or so. And the contents of the letter, the brothers have no choice, but to read me off of the platform. And, uh, I didn't quite understand what was going on. And, uh, I was read off and I stayed at the congregation that day long enough to be read off because of this letter that I wasn't allowed to know the contents of the letter. Um, I was so kind of broke down that like crying, I asked my grandmother and at the, you know, the meeting break, cause you know, they like to make this announcement right before or after they sing a song. So before everybody got staring at me too hard, I asked my grandmother if she could leave and she actually gave me a little adversity and she let me leave and uh, we went home, but it crushed me because I, I didn't know what could have possibly been in that letter, what these brothers could have possibly told my these new elders, my old congregation could have possibly told the new congregation that I didn't tell them. Um, all the embarrassing stuff I had going on, all the stupid stuff that a, a, a young teenage person does. Um, I, I, I didn't leave anything out. Even the embarrassing details is a lot of us know that we've had to share in those back rooms. <clears throat> and I come to realize that this actually went back to when they asked me to get baptized when I was 16. And at that time, I kind of let them know that I was questioning the faith. I was questioning the organization. And that's why I got introduced to a letter of introduction. Yeah. That, <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. I'm, I'm not laughing. I'm just laughing because I, 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 <laughs> yeah. I, I know exactly. You know. <laughs> you yeah. Know. I was a secretary in the congregation. And, and, it, and sometimes it takes months and months and months for the other congregation to send the letter. And I feel like it might be a little bit again. Get comfy. Get comfy. Oh, you feeling good over there? Hold on. And I want to show you a trick. Let me show you a trick. That's crazy. Actually, actually, what you're saying is true. It, it, it is oftentimes a setup letter. Um, in fact, it, it's gotten so bad over the years that the society has actually had to come out and tell elders, don't do this. They would let brothers who were ministerial servants, pioneers, elders, move to a whole new congregation thinking that they're going to get appointed. And then when the brothers leave, they write the letter up. He ain't no good as an elder. I wouldn't use him for nothing. And then they send the letter off. And so the brother's sitting in his new hall. He's thinking pretty soon I'll be conducting the watchtower or handling the school or, or this and that. And then the letter Next comes in. You no, know, you can't even go in service. You can't, <laughs> you can't even, you can't even, you can't even do parking lot duty, man. You can't even do parking lot duty. So, and so that's just how bad it is. And so this yeah. letter of introduction People don't know. Many people don't know about this or they're not familiar with it. And if they are, they will not know what the contents are. Right. And that is the big thing. And like you said, people start. Um, I mean, I, I, I'll give you I'll give you just a perfect example. Uh, and I, I've seen this happen. You may have a a sister moves into a congregation. You know, she's she's friendly. She's vivacious. She's she's friendly with everybody. Good evening, brothers. And, and and everybody sees in the hall. And they, you know, they, they're falling in love for in this kingdom hall. Letter comes in. And one of the elders wives might ask her husband, what's what's the story on that sister, that, that new sister? And, mm -hmm. the might, and the elder might tell his wife, I'm not saying nothing. All I know is brothers and sisters better watch their husband. And that's all he says. Well, mm -hmm. that, man, it's on. I mean, it is it's on. over. The rumor field, mill started. Service, man, it's the hottest thing in field, sir. So the rumor mill started. Exactly. It's, it's bad. It's bad. And so it, it makes it very, very difficult. And like you said, you know, as you were growing up as a kid, because your family, you couldn't stay with, you couldn't run with worldly kids, right. but then you weren't spiritual enough to be with the witness kids. Right. That's and right. So all, That's so, right. Yeah, and so for so many people who are watching this video right now, they found themselves literally in no man's land. You sure. couldn't run with the worldly kids and the witness kids felt you was too worldly to hang with them. And so there's a lot of witness kids who literally grew up sixth grade, seventh grade, ninth grade, right on up. 
and they really never had any real friends because they was in that no man's zone. Right. And this is what makes it the organization. Um, this is what makes it so difficult in this organization. These are the small things that impact people's lives. Um, did you ever get reach the point where you got baptized? No, no, sir. Um, and uh, basically, after uh, they came to me and asked me to be baptized, uh, like I said, I floated around for a little while. Um, when all that happened with the letter, I was pretty much done with the witnesses. I moved out of my my grandmother's house. I moved in with my brother, and uh, I. Um, I don't want to say that I closed that chapter in my life. I kind of accepted that I would never be accepted as a Jehovah's witness. So basically I kind of walked around with, well, with the weight that a lot of us know that weight of the, you know, the truth, but you'll never be accepted by the truth. Um, one of those kind of things. So you kind of walk around with this for a long time and for a long time I did. And I went looking at, you know, you guys know what it is. Like, if you ever try to do this, being an ex-witness, you know, I looked at different churches, but of course the witnesses put that on me where I couldn't believe anything that they were saying. And I was nitpicking everything they had going on. So I couldn't, I couldn't do the church thing. Um, but actually I tell you what, I started getting a lot of, uh, a lot of solace. I started getting a lot of peace with just the whole thing because there were so many glaring issues. I, I kind of perceived from the witnesses. I kind of accepted that it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't the truth as far as I see, as far as I understood it, but it actually wasn't until I actually turned 36. I mean, a little shortly after I turned 36, so I'm just now 36. Now, mind you, I was away from the witnesses completely lock, stock and barrel since I was 18, uh, 18, 19. When I moved out of my grandmother's house, you know, we'll say 19 to play safe, but regardless, um, I had a thought about a Jehovah Witness nothing in years. One day, I, I just per chance looked up uh, the. Uh, I was looking up the lyrics to Life Without End at last. I don't know why this song popped up on my head. I ended up coming across in my Google search XJW Critical Thinker, and for whatever reason, Critical Thinker jumped out at me because a couple weeks before that. I was having a moment where I just really wanted to reach out to my family and I reached out to my, my mother, my grandmother, and my father, who are still active members of the witnesses. And I talked to them and one of the questions that came up was, Keith, will you ever come back to the hall? And I told them upon no unconditional terms, any religion, any faith that devastates a family the way witnesses do, I can't be a part of. I can't believe it. I believe that God established that family in the household and anything that's trying to rip that apart, it ain't from God. They said, hey, Keith, you sure are a critical thinker. I thought I was getting a compliment and I, I, don't, I don't think I was getting a compliment. Um, but when I saw XJW critical thinker, I just had to click on it. And that's when I found, you know, Lady C and JT, um, you too. And, uh, I, uh, started watching your videos and I went on like an eight video skit. I think I texted y'all. I sent y'all a message after like my third video and I just had to contribute. Like what you guys are doing is amazing. Um, <laughs> you know, everybody's kind of scared of that whole apostate thing. Um, you know, we all kind of are raised to believe that it's going to be some evil cloak wearing demon possessed man that's calling evil down upon the Holy Spirit and God and calling the name of God and Jehovah down in the most cursed blasphemous ways. But uh, yeah. really, truly, this is just people that woke up to the BS that the JWs are serving out the, the watchtower. And uh, I'm sorry to say, guys, the watchtower has fallen. Yeah. Yeah. You 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 are what people often refer to as a walkaway believer. Um, we get letters and people contact us all the time who they may have left the organization, haven't been to meetings in and sometimes yeah. decades, man. I mean, literally, we've talked they haven't been to a kingdom hall or involved for decades. Right. But something deep down inside them still made them think that they're this might be the truth. And so for some people, they just simply resign. In their mind, you know, I'm, a, I'm just going to have to die at Armageddon. I'm just going to have to die at Armageddon. And it's not until they start doing their actual research do they realize, oh, man, 
This ain't got nothing to do with Armageddon. Man, I'm working for a book publishing company, man. I've been out here hawking books for 25 years for nothing. Yeah. And uh, But you know what it is, though? It's that training that you get. Mm-hmm. And even you don't even have to be born in. We, I get emails from people saying, "Oh, I wasn't a born in," but but that has nothing to do with no. it because I tell people six months. Yeah. That's all it takes to be indoctrinated by this religion. And we had plenty of Jehovah's Witness women that became witnesses in their twenties when right. we were Jehovah's Witnesses, and so they weren't born in. And I'll tell you what. They are some of the most devout Jehovah's Witnesses. They 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 got with the program, and we had this one sister that when they were given the bound volumes for free, when they started going to the complete donation arrangement, she was trying to read all the bound volumes from the '60s because she felt like, man, I was not raised a Jehovah's Witness, so I want to read everything the Watchtower ever wrote. But you know, oh, honey, you reading that old light? That's that old light, honey. Old light, but she wanted that. That's that old light. She wanted that. I but understand. If she would have read some of that, if she would have really delved <laughs> into that and double clicked on it, she probably would have ended up getting out. You know, but it was just crazy. Yeah. And if I can say, if I can say one thing to any possible witnesses out there that are listening, there is a scripture that says, with no uncertain terms, that if a prophet come in amongst you and prophesy. And that prophecy not come true, that you are supposed to take them out of your village or town, whatever, and stone them. Now, I ain't trying to get y'all to go stoning nobody. But last thing I will say is when these people have foretold the end of the world at least seven some odd times, something like that, at least two that come out of my head. And that's like the 1914 and 1975 thing. And then multiple times have thrown away teachings in light of new teachings. Um, you might want to realize you are not dealing with the, what did the old watch say? The herald of God's voice on earth. Um, you might be dealing with some pompous, bloated, kind of self-assuming kind of folks. And um, you, you might want to start thinking for yourself and actually doing some critical thinking. Yeah, that, that, that's so true. Um, one, one of the things and one of the reasons, uh, and, and we've discussed this before, why we wanted to have uh, an unbaptized person on the on the program is because, and this is just from our observation, uh, the organization has no problem using unbaptized people. If you were to ask the question uh, by the media or whatever, they would ask any of the Watchtower representatives, you know, how many Jehovah's Witnesses are there? They will often say, well, we have 8 million people who are knocking on doors and so forth. But one of the things that you will notice, Keith, is that they never tell you how many of those people are baptized and how many are not. In fact, I, I often share this ex- personal experience that uh, as a body of elders, we used to actually ask the different circuit overseers, you know, why the society doesn't release the numbers? Because everybody knows the Watchtower runs numbers better than anybody else. I mean, you talk about right. number runners, Watchtower runs the numbers up and down, highways, whatever. Yes, so sir. they would know because on every publisher's record card, it will say whether you are baptized and the date is given or you're not baptized. So they have the ability to determine how many people are actually baptized, knocking on doors and how many are not. The point is, is that when they want to use people who are not baptized to make their numbers look large, make their organization look larger than it is, they have no problem invoking everybody. The minute an unbaptized person gets into any trouble, do you know one of the first questions people will ask? If you're talking to a Jehovah's Witness, and say, well, uh, so-and-so's young son, he got in trouble. You know the first question you'll ask? What's that? Was he baptized? <laughs> he baptized. So as long as you can benefit yeah. the organization, do something for the organization, we will count you among us. But the minute that you do anything or get in any trouble, we don't know you. It's, it's, yeah. it's like, you know, I mean, it's, it's like, it's like Tom Cruise, you know, you know, <laughs> we will disavow any knowledge of you. Right. And that's what the organization does. And so the point is, if you were a child and you were raised in this religion and you never got baptized, you know what? It really doesn't matter. The reason why, because as you was in the second, third and fourth and fifth grade, mm-hmm. you were sent to the principal's office. You stood outside. You didn't eat the birthday cake. 
And so you were persecuted and mistreated just like anybody who was baptized. Therefore, you mentally was simply subjected to all this emotional stuff that we all grew up as as kids, even before even getting baptized. And this stuff has lived on in people's lives. That's why when we talk to people, you know, they've been in their 30s, 40 years old. And they can they can tell you the day they had to stand in front of their class and explain why they weren't going to draw the Christmas the Christmas picture or eat the cupcakes. Yes. I mean, right. so, yep. so so whether people are baptized or not, the impact of this religion it affects people because you're because you're, you're experiencing something. Yes, and what you're experiencing, you cannot take that back. All the yes. like you said, all the hatred that, that that people spewed on you for being a witness, you can't unlive that. No. <laughs> I mean, when you got back to school on Monday morning and, the, and your classmates saw you out there, they asked you that question. I didn't know you were Jehovah, man. And and so well, they, they didn't ask you where you were baptized. They just knew right. that you were part of this group and we're going to treat you like dirt. Exactly. And that's what you experienced. And I don't know. And I just, word. Is unlive a word? I don't think unlive a word. Unlive. <laughs> 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 Maybe right. Unlive. Unlive yeah. yeah. me when Jehovah's All Witness. All right, y'all. I'm going to coin a new phrase, a new word. <laughs> but I mean, it, 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 I, I it, love it's you. amazing. I mean, it's really amazing. <laughs> you know, Good deal. I mean, for just to kind of back up what you said, because after getting out your letter of introduction, I was like introduced to the door. You know what I mean? Like uh, that's what I was announced as no longer, uh, uh, you know, no longer a member of Jehovah's Witnesses or no longer a baptized, unpublished, uh, um, unbaptized publisher. Then uh, when I basically was on my way out the door, I ended up getting in some trouble. And the next title they put on me was um, uh, Undesired Association. See, that, that's one thing that I like to say is the Watchtower Biotrack Society is real quick to label everybody. I mean, everybody. You're either one of us or you're part of the world. You know, um, it, it's it's this kind of mentality, it's this kind of like energy, it's this kind of uh, environment that we kind of enter into this place where like you want to have friends, you might call each other friends, you might call each other spiritual brothers and sisters. But really, truly, it's all about titles and labels. It's all about, you know, who do you, who, what standing do you have with this congregation? And uh, that will very much so determine your experience in that place. Yeah, that, that's an excellent point. And, and I'm, I'm glad you mentioned about how they read you off and they, they put a label on you. Mm-hmm. It reminds you of years, you know, years ago, we read about how women had to wear the scarlet letter A as an adulterer, you know, and so forth. The Watchtower does the same thing. Uh, what's very interesting is that they change over years. Uh, when I was growing up, an unbaptized publisher would get in trouble. They would take you into the back and they would meet with the elders and they would announce you in front of all the congregation. And as a result of that, you would be treated exactly like a disfellowship person. People had nothing to do with you. I know that because I saw it personally in my own family. And so my, you know, my sister, she was read off under the old arrangement. Then they changed it. And I remember when they changed it because they made the point that we're not going to treat unbaptized people like this anymore. And I remember so many sisters like I can talk to my son and he can come out to the house. Mm -hmm. And so they and so all of a sudden all these unbaptized, you know, kids who grew up as witnesses, they were back in with good graces. In the last year, and all of a sudden, this was (laughs) all of a sudden, man, in the last year or two. The Watchtower has started to crank that back down again. We get so many letters, phone calls, and emails offline. You know, people post all the time, but man, people, a lot of times people are a little afraid, so they don't want to put something public. So they'll hit us offline. Mm-hmm. And the number of people who have never been baptized, man, their families are calling them up like, you come back to the meeting? Uh, I might, uh, no, I need to know now. Because if you're not coming back, <laughs> ain't having nothing to do with you. And the phone hangs up, man. But you know what else? It's it's not even just that. It's if they make a comment <laughs> that would yeah. lead them down a path that sounds like they could be an apostate. Yeah. This one guy said his yeah. sister cut him right off. He goes, I'm not baptized. And he made a comment that was negative towards the organization. And what he said really wasn't negative. Yeah. But she he said that she cut that conversation and she hasn't talked to him since. Yeah. And that, that's kind of strange that you guys mentioned that because that same uh, uncle elder I was mentioning earlier, about a year and a half, two years ago, I got a I got a nice little strange little phone call from him, which I thought was strange it was coming from him because we was never really close. But yeah, they're kind of 
wanted to talk to my wife and talk to me about, you know, and this is right around, uh, I'm not political, but this is right around the whole, you know, Trump Hillary situation, which I'm going to think is right around that time frame. Um, and uh, yeah, they're sorry about, oh, you guys can see the world's getting so much worse. The times are getting bad. Keith, are you coming back to the meetings? I was like, ah, nah, uh, man, I tell you what, if you want to call me next week, I'll talk to you next week. And they played that game for a little while. Eventually, you just had to tell them, like, man, we're not coming back to the hall. Next thing you know, the phone call stopped. Um, so let me kind of know what was going on there. But I can tell you, I experienced what you're talking about. I had no idea the pointedness of the conversation. I thought they were just trying to get some phone witnessing time with COVID. No, they're 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 the and and what's so unique about this new this quote unquote new plant new program is that they're making it the individual. Now that's that's the coolest that's the coolest trick in the world. Of course, everybody's get everybody got the idea from the society, you know, the, the exactly. branch, you know, the, the talks and so forth. And so people are going through their family and going through people they know, and they're basically giving you the the, the line in the sand. And yeah. once you once you tell them where you are and what you think. They draw the line in the sand. And so this is right. also impacting people who are not even baptized. So giving you your, giving y'all your last right. Yeah, this is your last right. You better come on. More back. or less. Yeah. And, and more so my final chance. This is your last life. This is your final lifeline. Grab life it. Life. Grab it now. You better, you better grab it now. And so <laughs> and, and this is what exactly. and this is what this organization does. They 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 bunker down, they hunker down, and uh, and we see how it, like you said, the whole point that we've been discussing is the impact that it has on people's families is very, very negative. Very mm-hmm. negative. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Very much so. I mean, that's the only thing I can say, I know there's a lot of people that are potentially seeing this. A lot of people are potentially hearing this. that got something similar going on. Just understand you guys aren't alone. Finding XJW Critical Thinkers was huge for me. Uh, realizing that this this huge boogeyman of apostasy that we were told is, is not somebody that's woken up to this doomsday call and is able to call it out for what it is. Um, there, Like my whole life growing up, I remember kids telling me, you're part of a cult. You're part of a cult. I used to I used to answer back like we don't drink blood we're not part of a cult but I'm telling you guys there's this is something going on uh, JT kind of touched on it and if I can just add my two cents on it it's this concept of uh you know the, the first time somebody's believing something like a, a new initiate if you would they have this certain zeal to them but even as dangerous that is, you know, this is a this is something that's been along for a long time. There's people that have been raising this for multiple generations. There's people that even if they ever did question it, by the time these generations go on, these kids don't even have the questions to ask anymore because they don't have any experience to anything else but this. I was one of them kids. I was one of those kids that even though this didn't feel right, even though this didn't make sense for the longest time, I thought it was me. I, I really thought it was me. And when my family turned me away and cast me out, I was pretty sure it was. I, I basically was willing to accept death. And, you know, there's a there's an old book that talks about when somebody goes into a place like hell of abandon all hope ye who enter here. And when you find yourself being cast out by all your friends and loved ones and you finally find yourself in this place of no hope, you find yourself in this place that's... Uh, could be the most trying time in your life. And what I'm trying to tell people is that you can get through this. Stay strong. Find people that like you for who you are. Find people that love you for who you are. Find things that make you happy and make you smile because that's what they do. All this facade, all this turning in time. I'm going to tell you all right now, God ain't never made Jesus or the disciples punch a time card. God ain't never made nobody do nothing like that. All right. Um, the, the 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 standards that you hold yourself to, the standards that you hold your your friends to, they're they're if if attainable, there you can't keep it going. This isn't realistic. This isn't this isn't love. This isn't this is this is at best contingency and circumstance. This isn't this isn't this isn't anything that can be considered genuine or from God. And I really hope you guys wake up to that. Yeah, th- thank you for sharing your personal experience. But I do want—I do want to ask you this: You mentioned that you were married. How has your your wife been supportive in this? Because this is very important. Uh, we often do shows, uh, and we oftentimes include the spouse, the, the the wife or the husband 
who may not be familiar with Jehovah's Witness or know much about them. And then they marry one or they're dating one and they are, their, their eyes are open to a world about witnesses that they have <laughs> never seen. So, so if you, if you don't mind, could you just share a couple of little, little, little nuggets for us about your Well, wife? if you don't mind, I'll put it like this uh, right now. Um, uh, uh, my, my wife has, uh, she went to the Kingdom Hall for like a uh, a memorial uh, when she was with me uh, when I when I first like came like I was telling her about I'm like man this stuff is crazy and she's like oh, I want to see it so we thought better no better time to go to a memorial and she watched the process of the emblems being passed and she was like going to take some. And my mom was like, no, 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 stop, stop, stop. And she was like, what the, what are you? And then she noticed, she's like, wait, y'all are just passing this, what's going on? And it was the craziest, most bizarre thing to her. Now, I'm not going into, like, beliefs or faith and why people do different things. <laughs> yeah, but, like, it was just wholly bizarre to her that there's these chosen ones. And how do you, how do they know they're chosen? Well, they just know. She's like, what are you talking about? So, yeah, yeah, it was a little bit of a culture shock yeah. for her. It is, it is. It's a little weird. Yeah, it's, as, as I said, it's, it's like sticker shock. <laughs> yeah, yeah, straight up, straight up. <laughs> and so at that point, she didn't want to have nothing to do with the witnesses? Oh, not a bit. Like, not a bit. She wasn't interested in that stuff at all. My mom tried to get her to study. She wasn't about that. <laughs> she was about and she that. Was like y'all crazy, man. Y'all crazy. She was just like, she was just like, oh, honey, I'm way too busy to do something like that right now. She just told me she's like, I didn't have the, I didn't have the heart to tell your mom. Oh, I thought she was crazy. Mind you, my mom not being, not being active in that stuff I right know, now. We've had to have, we've had, we've been able to have these conversations and oh, kind of like talk to mom and her. Be like, I can't believe I did that. Like, it's one of those things, and that's another thing I will tell anybody that's going through this. You're going to have this moment of like kind of self shame go ahead and get through that like it's gonna be okay we all were through this it's like it's like telling everybody you know something like you honestly believed it have a little pity of yourself be nice to yourself you're gonna be a little embarrassed you might be a little ashamed but it's okay welcome to the real world we're all here to welcome you with open arms just uh wake up (laughs) you said you you hit you hit a nerve just now do you know how embarrassed I was <laughs> when we just left this We all are. Oh we all God. are. We all experience like, that. I didn't want nobody knowing nothing about me being a witness. I was like, oh, don't tell them why. It was like, it was almost like taboo. Just talk. It's like knock, knock, remorse. It's knock, knock, remorse. It's Saturday morning, knock, knock, remorse. You cannot stand that there was a point in your life where not only were you peddling this stuff, for free, giving away your free weekends, you actually were so, let's just say, righteously inspired that uh, you was doing this on Saturday mornings when everybody else was trying to relax when you could have been relaxing, <laughs> peddling this garbage that one day you reala- wake up and realize this is even worth the paper it's printed on. Yeah. Right. Oh man, that is so true. Yeah, that, yeah, you like that, and that's a good point. You know, you you go through that phrase, that phase, uh, you, you'll be embarrassed. But tell tell people, um, I tell we often encourage people to try to reach out to their family who are not witnesses. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, for sure. Reach out to their family who are not witnesses. For sure. Explain to them. I, I understand this religion better. I never understood as I've I never understood it before. And that's why I had to leave. And you will find. And, and this has just been the experience of ourselves and talking to other people that generally speaking, uh, non-witness family they will welcome you with open arms they will not it will not be like being this fellowship and coming back right. to the congregation where you got to sit in the back and, and all this Absolutely. kind of stuff in order to be accepted and then right. all this, you know all this kind of stuff the family would the family what we found is the family treats you just like the prodigal son Yes. Prodigal son came yes. back. They didn't put him on restrictions where well, you can't comment right now and you can't That's get right. no talks right now. They just welcome right. you back. Son, glad you're back. Boy, come on in the house and have a sit down. Yeah. Have a seat. That's the way, right. And that's what you will find from non-witness family. When you let them know I had to get out. I mean, we my I have an aunt's man. They they told us, they said, We feel sorry for y'all. We see y'all. That, I, 
Man, I think that's the point right there. I think that's that point right there that we feel sorry for you. We all have seen it. We're like, okay, no matter what, typically you're going to have, even even if you're a witness, if you have non-witness family, you're going to be around these people enough to a point where they're going to know you. They're going to see you. They're going to see what you're coming up in. I can honestly say that I absolutely know that I had members in my family, that I have members in my family that um, felt bad for us. Unfortunately, uh, because the way my parents did when I was in high school, how hardcore they went with the Jehovah Witness thing, it did ostracize a lot of us from family. And with Facebook and Internet now, it's a lot easier to get in touch with them. I'm going to tell you, honestly, those deep, close relationships that you're able to uh, develop growing up, you're going to have to really work hard on that as an adult. Um, and then I'm talking about from my own personal experience. Yeah, this family is there. Uh, they're willing to accept you, but it's going to be kind of from this point like of trying to get to know you you know they they know your situation they're going to be more compassionate and empathetic about what you had to deal with and where you are now uh, with your healing and you're coming back into the real world uh but me personally i still find myself a little bit it's hard to find that common ground uh sometimes to talk to people and that's why honestly i like the xjw community um, I got my siblings, I got my family, but the XJW community, so people that have these similar situations and these similar experiences, uh, we can, we we have this vast common ground in which we're able to kind of work these things out together. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, absolutely. And that that's the, the biggest challenge any uh, formal witness will face. And this, like I said, this is just what our personal observation, we, we left 20 years ago. Um, mm-hmm. And we decided to reach back and try to help other people. Absolutely. One of the biggest challenge, and and this, including myself and my and my wife, even to, mm-hmm. to this very day, <laughs> the biggest challenge is trying to build friendships and new relationships. Uh, the point you made was, and it's very valid. The time in our life when most people are building these long term relationships, yes. they're typically in elementary school, yeah, high yes, school, college. And on your yeah. job, when you start working those, in the work, those formidable years, those for, those formidable, formidable years, formidable years, and and what happens? What, yeah, sorry, thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, oh, you put yeah. in another word over here. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm sorry, my my eyes off. Uh, you got it. Okay. Um, no, but yeah, the, these yeah. uh, you know, these the years that are like for our foundation. Yeah. When we're laying the foundation of our life, and we're building the foundation of our life. Yeah. Um, a lot of us were cut off right there at the knees, at the ankles, even. And we have to accept this. We have to, we have to, we have to face this. We have to accept this and we got to learn how to adapt with it. Um, Your life is not over. You may have been given somewhat of a handicap, but you cannot wallow in that mud of like, oh, woe is me, woe is me. You can't do that. Um, honestly, that's exactly where they want you to be because that lets you that that that'll bring you back in. If you stay in the woe is me, woe is me, that I have nothing without them, that'll either draw you back in or you'll be in a place of the deepest depression that I think a person can enter into. You have to realize that that was all garbage. You have to realize that that was all facade and um you're you're worth it you're 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 worth it um you as you are you know when it says come to me as you are yeah that's exactly what it is man you as you are are worth it find out what makes you happy find out what makes you smile and i'm not talking about you know the killers and and horrible people out there i'm not talking about stuff like that we never never talked about that, if that you're into painting something, go paint something. If you're into, if you want to be a scientist, go be a scientist. If you want to study some sort of something, you know, take the time and go do that. Do what you love. Do what brings joy, because that's what's going to make you a, not only a contributing member to this world and this society, but that's going to give you the ability to actually be the change that you want to see. Hey man, it's all good, all right, man. So, yeah, yes, we, we, we really appreciate. Yeah, you man. Keep yeah. Coming yeah. To tell your story, because I mean, like yes, saying. You know, you don't have to be baptized to have gone. You were baptized in the fire. <laughs> you sure was. That's right. <laughs> right. That's right. Baptized in the fire, the life of trying that's to grow right. up as a kid, Jehovah's Witness. Oh, man. Mm. Absolutely. Mm. But yeah, all so, y'all still yeah. stuck out there. Come on with it. Come we got yeah, hope for yeah, y'all. Get, get, get it together. There is life after the watchtower. And y'all there better is, find there out. There is life stuff. after the watchtower. If this COVID comes around with a round two, I'm scared to see how many more Kingdom Halls closed oh, down man, permanently. 
that little temporary on Google turns to permanent. It's like a win every day. And you know what's so crazy? And that's another thing I kind of want to point out. Jehovah Witnesses used to teach that um, during Armageddon that the world empire fought also religion or uh, the beast was going to come after all the different false religions. And then at the very last standing, like a shining beacon on the hill would be Jehovah Witnesses. And when they turned their attention on Jehovah Witnesses, boom, God was going to come with the, yeah, y'all closing down and like having to limit meetings and just, hmm. But you know what? That's right because oh, man. if they really had the truth, remember when they had the remember they had to put the um the blood on the doorpost, and anybody who had the blood on the doorpost, they would pass by them and they would not destroy them. Remember that? Yeah. yeah. So so the COVID should be the same thing. You should be able to be meeting in kingdom halls because <laughs> this is the truth. They, right, right. Oh, hold on. on. But it's closed. You you mean it's closed and it's not going to open again, huh? <laughs> what? I don't understand. It's oh, amazing, you mean, man. You, mean, you mean, hold on, hold on. Wait a minute. I was always told that this work would be done until everybody was reached and then Armageddon would come. Y'all laying off, wait, y'all laying off publishers and Bethelites and stuff? Yeah. That don't make no, oh, oh, so the work's almost done? Oh, almost done, not. almost done. Oh, oh. That's right. Okay, because y'all got me confused. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. It, 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 it's it's, crazy. It's, it's, it's really sad. I mean, it, the, the, the situation, see, here, here's the problem. See, the, the Watchtower set themselves up. What they did, they built a box for themselves. They put themselves in the box and then they can't get out. That's and, right. Yeah, because remember, the organization <laughs> is a the organization is a time-sensitive organization. True. It's built on something happening tomorrow and soon. And it's only yes. so long you can keep telling people soon. Even kids, even kids know when you go into Disney or whatever and you keep turning around saying, we're going to be there soon. Kids be like, yeah, mom and dad just lying. We've got a long way to go. I don't see no ears. I've been looking up this road for a long time. You know, I was five years old talking about how we were in the, the grungy part of the toenail of the toenails, statue. Of the toenails, the toenails, Y'all remember that. Y'all, bro, I've been hearing oh that story. God, you are oh, my God. They're like, you you got this? This might be the last memorial. Seventeen memorials ago, Later, right? Like, I know. I know. Oh my! Like it says, don't go on being, don't go on being. Um, uh, what's the word? Uh, annoying. Like you is annoying the out of me. Like yeah, real bad, right? Real bad. We've all been there though. Like yeah. we've all experienced this. Well, yeah. So anyway, so we want to thank you so much for coming out on the program, and we yes, hope ma'am. that people got a chance to understand. That they're not alone in this struggle when it comes to waking up to the truth about this religion. Yes, ma'am. So this has been Lady C. This has been JT. And we'll see y'all on the next podcast. All right. Take care. Thanks, Keith. Peace out, guys. This program was sponsored by Critical Thinkers.